How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Food for it, cheer for uh, Kind of like it. Richard throws it in front. Carter, score! some swagger. Push come to shove, we're going to get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All right, so after an eight-game win streak and fun times for all of Kings fandom, suddenly they have lost three in a row. They're back out of the playoffs, just when we thought the Kings had a little bit of cushion and we could all take a breath, it's gone that quickly. Yeah, I I knew I knew I shouldn't have you know felt too much hope during that win streak, um, but this feeling that I'm feeling right now, the the losses and the lack of scoring goals. Hello, old friend, we are back. I think the not scoring goals part of it is probably the most worrisome because it's like, all right, the Kings have done a pretty good job of scoring more in general this season. Please, please, please don't let them get to the point where they can't score goals right now when they absolutely need to win games. Yeah, I was hoping that, I mean, obviously we all knew that the the win streak would come to an end, but I was hoping that it would be like a single game loss. Um, Of course, it's against the Senators. Why? Um, Against a nice rookie goaltender, of course. Um, And then they get shut out. But I didn't expect them for I didn't expect uh, for them to then drop more games and look just kind of kind of sluggish or just like they can't get anything going or get anything together. Not that it's an excuse necessarily, but they have like all three of those games came within four nights, so that's a lot of hockey to play in a pretty compact period of time. But it is, I think, especially annoying after that Ottawa game, which was totally winnable. Like of these last three games, that game is the only one where I'm like really, did you have to drop that one? And part of it is not necessarily their fault because they did not get that goal. Justin Williams' goal should have been, but the whistle went too fast. And then the referee straight up was like, I didn't see the, I lost sight of the puck. Sorry. Yeah, and then Jim. <laughs> and apologized to Daryl Sutter after. Yeah, like Jim Fox is talking about it today. He's like, yeah, if you apologize like right then during the game. And I mean, it is what it is. But Justin Williams also said, you know, it's not, it's not like all on that one call like they had plenty of other opportunities to capitalize and they didn't so right yeah we're back to that again yeah it's just it is unfortunate because it's like since that was the only goal that they managed to score it's like if only that had counted they could have at least maybe gotten a point out of that game but that's very true like they could have just scored another goal and they weren't able to do that and then you know they dropped the in in the Anaheim game they came out flat they managed to go up two goals but then they never really had control of that game they were just pretty lucky and then Anaheim turned around in the third period in the Winnipeg game I don't know why they showed up the, the Winnipeg game <laughs> was know. probably one of the most aggravating things. Yeah. Like, after after the first uh, Jeff Carter goal, um, so it's tied mm-hmm. 1-1, the rest of it, I was just like, they're going to lose this. And they yeah. did. <laughs> it was just frustrating <laughs> to watch, to listen to, um, to see them kind of scramble around and not be able to set anything up. The fact that they had a power play and then immediately gave it up in what I think Nick Nixon said was like the shortest power play in King's history. Oh, no. There, yeah, it's, that was a really frustrating game. And the Anaheim game was annoying, but this one was even more frustrating. I didn't even watch most of it because I was doing something else and then watched like the last five minutes of the first period. And it was so 
bad. Just it, like this, this, the energy of it was so bad that I was like, I'm not going to do this to myself. I was, and then I was listening to it on the radio and I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. And then see, yeah, like no fun for anybody. Then they had a terrible second period, which is the thing that has been consistent through these last three games is all of their second periods have been horrendous, which I had f- like not that really hadn't been a problem for them. But right now they can't get it together. They really can't. And before, I mean, like you said, this has been a a trend throughout this season. But before they at least were able to score a few goals in the first to give themselves a lead. And if they played a poor second period and, you know, let in a few goals, it was okay. They had a buffer. Or they were able to, you know, come back and score a few goals in the third. But now it's just kind of an overall goal slump. And it's back to, like, that frustration that we felt I don't know. Well, I guess it's for like the last few years, maybe the like a couple years before um, the last season, at least um, just not seeing them be able to score any goals, especially during down this stretch. Because this, this, this right, is the yeah. time when they usually just like start netting goals like it's easy um, when it's this close to the playoffs. But for whatever reason, um, they're making it even harder on themselves this time. I don't know. It's it's disheartening, and hopefully they turn it around sooner sooner rather than later. But the last three games have not been inspiring because it's not even like, with the exception of again maybe that Ottawa game, the last two it's not even like they played well and just happened to lose. They played bad in that Anaheim game and in the Winnipeg game. Um, but anyway, so that's where they're at. They currently have a record of twenty nine, twenty one, and twelve. Um, seven three zero in their last ten games, or um, eight and three in their last eleven games. The points leader, Jeff Carter, who, uh, as we mentioned, scored goals today. He had two, so bringing him up to twenty. He's the first King this season to score twenty goals, and actually, his he has forty eight points overall, so twenty eight assists. And I just do want to take a second to say that since Jeff Carter has come to the Kings, he has scored at least. 20 goals with the exception of you know when he first got traded because it was already like at the end of the season he scored six but for the full every full season that he's played with the Kings since then at least 20 goals which I feel like cannot be overstated on a team that has lacked offense he has been really consistent and really fun to watch and I am I continue to be appreciative of Jeff Carter I yes I am very appreciative of Jeff Carter I mean even more so today when he was the one who single-handedly kind of kept the Kings in this. Yeah, he was trying. I think midway through the uh, the game, uh, they were reporting that the only line that kind of stayed the same was Jeff Carter's. And that was because the, they were the only ones actually accomplishing anything. Um, and obviously a lot of that was Jeff Carter kind of driving the play. So good job, Jeff Carter. So he's points leader with 48. He's also the goals leader with 20. Um, Tyler Toffoli right behind him with 19 goals. Uh, I am so excited because unless, hopefully, and hopefully not, like hopefully nothing horrible happens, but it looks very likely that Tyler Toffoli is going to crack 20 goals in his first full season with the Kings, and yet still a season that he has not or will not be able to play every game because he's already missed a few. But that is awesome. He is so good. <laughs> and... You know, the the big difference between him and Jeff Carter is Tyler Toffoli has not played the same amount of minutes. So if he is able to accomplish what he has so far this season, you know, still playing third line, fourth line minutes overall, especially at even strength, goodness gracious, that dude is good. And I cannot wait to see him really, really flourish with this team because he's already fantastic. I'm really glad that he's had people like Carter and Gabrick and Kopitar, obviously, to kind of like eat up the other minutes. And I know we're annoyed that he plays third line minutes, 
but, you know, it gives him an opportunity to kind of, like, wade into the game a little bit, like, wade into being, like, this amazing player, because I think if it was just like, hey, you're going to play, like, 15 minutes now, go, Uh, (laughs) it might have been a little bit difficult for him, but he's, like, able to ease it in, so, like, rest and continue scoring those goals, and then... He just gets better and better with every every season, hopefully. And I am very, very excited about that. Yeah, it's every time I see him play and I watch just like the way that he is able to deke and dangle around like other players. It just he manages to keep that puck on his stick so well. um, A lot of the times it's really exciting and I can't wait to watch it for more seasons to come. And I'm excited about him eventually hitting 20 goals and maybe more. And good job, Tyler Toffoli. So and that those two, Carter and Toffoli, are bright spots in um, even during this stretch where it's been kind of rough. So that at least there's that. At least there's something to smile about. They only got shut out the once in the past three <laughs> games. Oh, that's so sad. So sad and so real. <laughs> um, also, can I say I'm furious that I didn't get to watch Kings Weekly because it was all about Tyler Toffoli. Oh, I know. See, okay, so that's the thing. I I don't have cable, so I don't really usually, unless I'm out or at my mom's house or something, I don't really get to see Kings Weekly and stuff until the segments are chopped up and put online. So I am looking forward to when those Tyler Toffoli-related segments finally end up on the internet because they're very important to me. Yes, I would like to, yes, I, all I want to see is that Kings Weekly segment. And I am very upset that I, I do have cable, but I have a roommate that watches a lot of TV. <laughs> so you can't be like look i need to watch more stuff about the kings even though i just spent like two and a half hours watching this game yeah no i like i can't watch the game on my tv either because she's recording like top chef or something like that top chef it's there's a lot of reality tv shows that get recorded um and so like i can't even turn on the tv because both of them are being recorded anyways this is like first world personal problems here (laughs) right yeah I can't want I want watch what I want on cable. I just want to watch Tyler to fully demand or give hugs. Yeah, um, that little clip, the give me a hug, like Dustin Brown, was pretty fun <laughs> to me um, because it's like just the whole a that that's the thing that Dustin Brown would do. Like, calm down, quit, quit being ridiculous. Just give me a hug. Let's chill out. <laughs> bring it in, bring it in. Tend to. <laughs> Also, the fact that as he was just kind of, like, playing around, Tyler Toffoli was, like, narrating. Yeah. Like, it was, like, an NHL 15. Just like, and he's breaking <laughs> in. And I was like, that is adorable. He's the best. I He's just fun in every single way. And I hope that continues because I love it. But I, I, everything that happened this week was not – there wasn't just Tyler Toffoli stuff, even though that is a huge part of what makes me happy about watching King's stuff this week. Um, but they did some other things. Uh, Dean Lombardi actually re-signed some people. Jordan Nolan, three-year extension. He has, or it's worth 950000 per season. That's the cap hit. Um, and Kyle Clifford, five-year extension worth $1.6 million, um, per season. What do you think of both of those? I mean... It's fine, I suppose. It just makes me worried for all of the other free agents that aren't signed yet that are much, much, much more important and more expensive. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it's just here to like then make a trade. I don't know. Um, but it's kind of inoffensive for now. I think I'm too busy worrying about whether or not the Kings are going to make a playoff spot. Right, right. Um, to worry about whether or not 
like what we're going to do about everyone else. Here's what I can't decide related to the playoff question is, will the Kings, will management make the moves necessary or are they more likely to make the moves necessary if the Kings miss the playoffs? Or will they still do it anyway, even if they make the playoffs? Because so far the last few years, I think the reason why we see guys, even depth guys like Jordan Nolan, re-signed is because Lombardi is very loyal to people that have helped this franchise win the cup, which makes sense on a human level. But at the same time, I feel like at some point this team needs some turnover. They're very close and it's very... I guess tricky, try like daring to sort of upset the vibe that they have in that locker room, I suppose. But at the same time, they're so inconsistent right now. It's like, what are you holding on to? But you, I don't know. It's just very, it's like, in a way, I'm not sure if it maybe will be better for them to miss the playoffs if they do. Not that I want that, but I wonder if that'll shake things up more in a way that kind of feels like they need it. Well, they've already kind of gotten that started with Mike Richards, like giving him a chance and that's kind of displaying the fact like the whole loyalty thing and then when it didn't work out it's like well you know we have things that we need to do here uh we've got to try to win the stanley cup so yeah we're going down so i mean i don't think that there's that they're not going to make the moves that they need to um i agree it might be a little bit less aggressive if they make the playoffs if they if like they go far in the playoffs but yeah i, I really don't hope that they miss the playoffs and um, so that they can kind of get like a, a rude awakening as to things that need to be kind of rejiggered and readjusted within the, the players and like the lines and things like that. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm hoping that that's just, once again, I'm just hoping that Dean Lombardi has something up his sleeve and knows right, yeah. I don't. It, it's like weird to just like leave. I mean, obviously it's in the, 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 our fate is in the hands of Dean Lombardi, but I'm just like, well, I mean, sure. Okay. Here, just do what you got to do. Mold this team. Um, you seem to know what you're doing and can make it happen. So, Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, the only thing that I really feel worried about right now, at least, is the same thing that I've been worried about all season, which is the possibility that the Kings might lose Justin Williams. And I don't want that to happen. And so I think with a lot of fans seeing these depth re-signings, that's also what they think of. Like, all right, sure, extend Kyle Clifford, but what about giving money to Justin Williams is the feeling. And it's like, hey, Martin Jones is a pretty good goalie and we need a backup goaltender. He's going to, we kind of want him to stick around. I hope you guys have money for him. And just like a whole slew of other Mm -hmm. people as well. Yeah, with the RFAs, I'm a little less worried because they're restricted. And so then there, my concern is more, and I don't think it, I don't even think it's a possibility with someone like Tyler Toffoli or Tanner Pearson, but like you said, with someone like Martin Jones, I don't want them to decide, well, let's trade him, you know? But yeah, J- Justin Williams is definitely the big, the looming, uh, please sign him right. to a contract guy. Yeah. So that's what I want. But I mean, with, with everything that's happening, I mean, we don't know. They already shelved the discussion until the end of the season. So that's... Ugh. Um, frustrating because uh, knowing that they're not having like talks about it and that there isn't any like real progress or being made at all while watching Dean Lombardi sign these other like fourth line or smaller players to contracts makes me slightly nervous um, just because I don't know what's going on at the the other end. Same. So it's it's a little bit nerve wracking when I think about it, but there's not 
anything we can do about it. And it's hard to even imagine that management can make too many moves or too many decisions when they don't know if the Kings are going to make the playoffs or not, if it makes sense to make more moves now or to just wait at this point. Um, but anyway, so those things happened, and there was a lot of discussion on social media about it and whether or not they were good moves. And then some goodwill from or you know was restored in management some some positive feelings when they traded for Andre Sequeira from the Carolina Hurricanes for a conditional first round pick and Roland McEwen. Um, I was a little sad to see Roland McEwen go and but I was a little at least heartened because at first it was just like oh for a first round pick but then the condition kind of softened that blow a little bit. I don't know what did you think of that trade? Um, I thought that trade was fine. Um, once again, I obviously they're very focused on, you know, the right now, and they're close enough on the bubble and know that they can make the push. That that's more important. Um, I would have really, really, really liked to see what Roland McKeon could have done um, with the Kings. I know that after we had acquired him, um, you and I had watched like a bunch of uh, goals and and like a highlight reel of him, and it was very promising. Also, side note, he's very good looking, um, <laughs> but. Um, it's obviously, um, it, it makes me worried slightly about the future, um, just a little bit, like watching all of these kind of, uh, these good prospects kind of go away. But once again, it's like, well, I- I'm kind of liking what we have right now, winning cups right now. Obviously there's going to be kind of like, a, a peaks and valleys in terms of, uh, the years and how it's going to go. And there might be an extreme valley, you know, in the seasons ahead. And, and you're right. The, the first round pick was a little sketchy until um we heard the conditions of it which was of course the kings make the playoffs then it's this year's this year's first round pick but if they don't make the playoffs it's next year's um first round pick so they'd still be in the the mcdavid lottery so that's not too not too bad and the kings really needed a defenseman right yeah and he's even so far he's looked um he's i like watching him he you can tell obviously as somebody who's played in the league for a number of years already he looks very comfortable with the puck and whatnot and the only unfortunate part is he is paired with Robin Regeer who has been I mean like a couple weeks ago Robin Regeer was actually playing okay but the last few games he has been a tire fire so it's unfortunate that Sakara is starting not only with Robin Regeer but with a Regeer who is real bad at the moment <laughs> what was he this game a cool minus four minus three because he actually managed to be on for Jeff minus Carter's three. second goal but yeah he was on for almost all the goals against I think uh well so is Justin Williams and Andre Kovatar so just that's... bad just rough all around sad <laughs> Rough all around, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I like watching him. Uh, apparently, he is staying with Marion Gabrick. Uh, it seems like a sort of pay-it-forward kind of thing. The last person who was traded to the team has to welcome the next guy. And I like that one of the few sort of factoids that we learned from him being traded is that he loves to play volleyball. <laughs> so he'll be on the beach in the sunshine um, when they have some downtime. Not that they have very much right now, but I thought that was kind of amusing. I love when new players come to, te- or get, get traded to teams, and essentially it's, uh, like, the information that we find out is, like, icebreakers that you played in college. Like, right. uh, your name, your major, and, like, an interesting thing about yourself. All right, everyone go. And it's like, um, okay, I love to play volleyball. It's like, okay, this is absurd. That's like, um, and I feel still that nothing quite tops Mary Gabrick's, which was that, like, in school, he once designed, like, men's fashion. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Amazing fact. The thing that is been kind of funny about Sakara so far is that he, he was asked like what have, has anybody said to you about the team or whatever and he gave the quote 
losing here, he said that among other stuff, but part of it was losing is not an option here, which is funny because then they have lost every game since that trade. <laughs> so it seems the only option right now. <laughs> Hopefully that it's turns insane. around so he could experience the other feeling. Oh, yes. I can't believe that he's played in <clears throat> a few games already and has yet to experience a Los Angeles Kings win. <laughs> yeah. There was that insane shift in the middle of the game against Anaheim where he ended up being on the ice for three minutes and 41 seconds total, which was crazy to watch because it was like, is he just going to fall down? Like, I think even though the Kings were in their zone, like you were kind of frustrated because that was happening. But after a while, it was kind of like, let's just see how this plays out for Sakara. Can he survive it? He did. But goodness gracious. Uh, yeah. I Looking at like the shift chart for that is really kind of funny because you're like what the hell it's like this <laughs> a weird programming error and you're like oh no, no no this was just an insane shift yeah he just could not get off the ice poor dude um so that he's had that experience and now hopefully the kings get it together it's been a little rough to start but he i think has been interesting to watch and i like him so far i'm glad that he's part of the kings yeah me too um excited to see I, he's been playing fine so far so you know hopefully we'll all start winning and hopefully he'll be making uh, a large impact mm -hmm. um, in terms of the blue line to help the Kings kind of score goals again. Yeah, I think especially when Alec Martinez comes back, whenever that is, because he is now in the disappeared land of they don't even talk about him. But whenever he comes back, it, I think it should be, it should make the Kings um, blue line look really interesting. So it could be nice. Can I just, bold prediction, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Ten bucks says... Uh, Sakara scores a goal before Andre Andioff. Nice. Yeah. I Oh, speaking of, that's a, another little thing is um, McNabb finally scored a goal. <laughs> How exciting for him. I, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um, defenseman, Andy Andrioff, still nothing. Yeah. And he was like the extra attacker in the Winnipeg game. And I'm just like, why are you, why is that the way that why you went? <laughs> That was a bad call. Um, but, you know, whatever. That's the other thing about the at least the Jordan Nolan contract is I was like, do you really need Andy Andrioff on your team and Jordan Nolan at the same time? They are essentially the same type of player. I would like to see, especially because some people, and by some people I actually just mean John Hoven from Mayor's Manor, love Andy Andrioff. I keep waiting to see if he can do a whole lot, and so far he's... He's been whatever. Um, so it's kind of weird that him and Jordan Nolan are still in and out. But, you know, that's that's what it is. I also still want Nick Shore to eventually get a goal. Yeah. I was kind of wondering if Nick Shore would get a goal before McNabb. But now that is not part of the equation anymore. So let's see if maybe Nick Shore gets a goal before um, uh, Andre Andioff. I hope that everyone gets a goal before Andre Andioff. Just, I, I mean, obviously, I don't have anything against him. I just at this point think that's funny. Yeah, yeah. It's just funny now. <laughs> It's just reached the point of hilarity. I, looking at the, the King stats thing, remember David Vandergulik? <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, um, Adam Cracknell, former King for two seconds, back with the St. Louis Blues, which I found interesting. You're just taking a tour of the NHL. <laughs> yeah, just like Matt Fratton for a while. I was like, you know what? See yes, some sights. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then go back home. Yeah. Um, I guess, so really quickly... Uh, of all of the trades, I guess excluding Sakara, what has been the most interesting trade to you ahead of this deadline? Because technically people still have till tomorrow at noon Eastern, I believe. So 
But up to now, what has been the most interesting trade? Okay, so there are two that have been kind of big. Um, one, I think everyone will agree, is that Yager is a Florida Panther. <laughs> yeah, he continues his tour of the NHL. Um, although I find it, um, one, that he's like old as hell, and a lot of the people on that team are super young. Um, because they're (laughs) shitty and have been rebuilding. But I find the idea of him and, like, Willie Mitchell hanging out extremely charming, and I would like to see Instagrams of that. Oh, yeah, I love that, too. I also like how all of a sudden Willie Mitchell is definitely not the oldest person on that team. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And and Yager scored already. He scored in the game that they had today. Of course he did. Way to make an impact. Um, Another one that is was pretty big and probably broke the hearts of lots of Flyers fans is the Black Hawks acquiring Kimo Timonen. Yeah, that was kind of unexpected for me, actually. Yeah, um, but he he is old, and I mean, might as well go to a a, a better team, yeah, uh, and get a chance to win something. So we'll see. I mean, he hasn't played all season, so <laughs> they don't really know if he'll work out. But they're gonna try it and whatever. And then they also then gave up a first round pick for Vermette, um, Antoine Vermette from the Arizona Coyotes. So we'll see what's happening there. But I think... Oh, speaking of the Coyotes, Yandel. Oh, yeah. Which is nuts because um, the fact that they're, I guess, you know, all in on this rebuild because Yandel was always kind of like the foundation guy that they were going to build everything around. So the fact that now he's gone uh, gone to the New York Rangers. Everyone wants to go to the New York Rangers to win things. It's, yeah, I guess Arizona's just, you know, breaking it apart, starting it over. Yeah, they're committing to it, which, you know, that's fun. Um, I... I I am a little curious about the Rangers in that it seems like they continue to give up, like, their higher draft picks, even though they're not quite the contender that I think they want to believe they are. So I don't understand those choices, but you do you, Rangers. Yeah. You do you. Um, I think the most shocking trade, though, as far as blowing up social media, was the Toronto Maple Leafs trading David Clarkson for Nathan Horton. Because everybody said that that contract, that Clarkson contract, could not be moved, and yet it happened. It, yeah, that was kind of nuts, and it's kind of fitting that it's the Leafs and the Blue Jackets. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, especially with the King's history with the Blue Jackets, I'm like, yeah, this sounds about right in terms of uh, like the trades. And I mean, I guess it's it sort of makes sense. I think it's funny that they traded for... Um, Nathan, or, like, the Leafs traded for Horton, who, like, will he play? I mean, I I assume, I think they're just going to keep him on LTIR because, at least the way that I seem to understand some of the things I saw going around, was basically that it's very, very unlikely that Nathan Horton will will ever play in the NHL again, but Columbus does not make the same amount of money that Toronto does, so they can't afford to, even though they can use his cap hit by putting him on long-term injured reserve, they can't afford to pay him that salary for a guy that's not going to play. So the Maple Leafs can do that. Um, Maple Leafs have money to burn. (laughs) Right, yeah. They're like, we'll play him not to play and just use the cap hit money to make some moves. Meanwhile, that Clarkson contract is still bad, but at least he's a guy who can be on the ice for Columbus. And uh, I I guess we'll see what happens. My thought immediately, too, was like, oh, maybe there's hope for Mike Richards. Maybe eventually some team will take him and he can play in the NHL again. We can only hope. My fingers crossed. Leafs don't look at him. Even though they just cleared out so much space for him. (laughs) They could have him if they really want. 
Um, it has also been, I just want to note, just over a month since Mike Richards cleared waivers and was sent to the AHL. It feels like it has been longer somehow. And also it feels like it's long. been so much longer. <laughs> Wait, it's only been a month? Are you kidding? Yeah. He cleared waivers on January 27th, and it is now March 1st as we record this. So, yeah, he is just now reached a little over the month mark. You know, I guess it's just because there was such a concentration of all of us keeping tabs on Mike Richards. Like, everyone. um, We all knew he wasn't on the team anymore, but we still were, you know, checking out the box scores to see if he had scored. So I guess, you know, I... It's, he's played a lot of games in our minds, and so it feels like it's been over a month, but I guess not. I want to see Mike Richards playing the NHL again, and then if that's not with the Kings, I have reached a point where I'm like, that's fine, because it just makes me sad that he is not playing in the NHL when he is not actually that like bad enough to just be playing in the American Hockey League. So maybe it can happen. I don't know. If David Clarkson can, can be traded, Mike Richards might still be able to be traded and play in this league. I hope so. He, like, gets the notification and just, like, whispers, there's a hope to himself. And... <laughs> yeah. Did a tear come to his eye when he saw that? <laughs> like, it can happen for me still. Oh, but Mike Richards and plus the Toronto media would be so funny. Oh. It would be very entertaining. I mean, Although I, I guess he wouldn't, he wouldn't be a captain, so it wouldn't be too bad, but. Well, at least when they first he first got there, that he would get plenty of questions and stuff. Um, But, yeah, it's been overall a pretty... I won't say uneventful week for the Kings, but not that crazy. It's been crazy for the NHL at large with all the trades and stuff. Maybe there will be a few other trades before the deadline really hits. But I guess we'll keep this one short because we just don't want to talk about losing that much. The Kings are losing. They need to stop losing. That's the conclusion. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So I think we can wrap this up. Are there any parting words from you before we get out of here? Uh, No, except for that. Actually, yes. Uh, Shifley is on my hit list because he hit Trevor Lewis. I know that it was a legal hit, but I'm still upset about it. I, I will also throw some, you know, quick applause to Jonathan Quick for the amount of tripping people and oh ending them that he did in this game and yet did not take any penalties. He's punched so many people, I feel like, in the last week. And I have spent all season, like, because we talked about this at the top of the season, I was like, man, somebody could put together, like, a clip reel of some kind about Jonathan Quick not being able to chill out. And he has been so much more aggro this season, it feels like. And I still have not been able to think of the proper song for the experience that is Jonathan Quick losing his damn mind. <laughs> so if people have suggestions for that, really, you should let us know. Yes, absolutely. And we'll make that happen. Yeah, that can be our, our project for this season. The Kings season 2014-2015, the lesson here, the biggest takeaway is Jonathan Quick is super aggressive. Um, that and we'll probably do some sort of like love video for Tyler Toffoli. That's true. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Um, see we should probably do that one as well (laughs) all right guys we're gonna get out of here uh follow us on twitter we are at thanks bud t-h-x-b-u-d or individually i am at chanel berlin i'm at aka diane fan you can email us chirp at thanksbud.com for anything you want to email us for um ticket monster if you want to buy tickets like for instance the penguins are coming to staples center pretty soon an opportunity to see Sidney crosby and evgeny malkin who i love to see i don't know maybe you want to buy tickets use ticket monster go to our schedule page i think that's all right did i miss anything no i think you're good perfect okay guys thank you for listening as always take care of yourselves and we'll talk to you next weekend bye friends bye everyone